Can you imagine catching your husband with another woman in your bed? Is the other woman the villain of someone else's story or the misrepresented protagonist of her own? For hundreds of years, the other woman has been a figure of fear and hatred for wives and girlfriends alike. She's a threat to the traditional family unit who must be stopped. If you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you, you understand? The whore to the wife's Madonna with sexual talents and methods of seduction that can tempt even the most devoted family man away from the marital bed. A woman never steals another woman's husband. They usually go willingly. Well, sounds like you have a lot of experience in that area. <laughs> Always wanting something she can't have. I just wanted more than I thought I would want. Often motivated to steal a married man for his money or connections rather than for true love. Crystal, take my advice. Put your mind on your alimony. Puzzlingly, it often seems like the other woman is the only person who can strip a man of his agency entirely when the rest of the time he's in control. So is this really a legitimate way of looking at any woman? In more recent depictions, from Taylor Swift songs to Sex in the City, the other woman has been humanized, and we start to see just how blurry these questions of who's entitled to someone and which person is the other can really get. Yet the other woman remains a powerful, often hated taboo. You expect me to stand here next to my best friend who's been lying to me about my ex-boyfriend? Here's our take on the other woman on screen, and how she's really just another girl looking for someone to love and understand her. We're so excited because we have a brand new episode of The Takeaway on the Prime Video YouTube channel, and it's all about The Wilds. The Wilds season two is out on May 6th. We are getting ready by digging into all of the mysteries and unanswered questions of season one. Once upon a time, two plane crashes were staged. We thought it was just the girls subject to this social experiment, but now it turns out there was a group of guys going through the same thing. The Twilight of Adam? It's gonna get really interesting now that we have both the girls and the guys in this situation. Don't scream. Season one of The Wilds left us with so many questions, a lot of cliffhangers. Where is Nora? What side is Dot on? What's going on with Shelby? Is Martha alive? And what's gonna happen with the guys? The boys with perfect control group. This just gets crazier and crazier. Just when you thought you were getting your bearings, something came in to uproot or change it. You think that the big mystery was the social experiment, and then there are more mysteries. So be sure to check out The Takeaway on Prime Video YouTube channel. Let us know your thoughts and your theories, and get ready for season two of The Wilds on May 6th. It's very wiser that all the interesting guys are always married. Well, maybe that's why you find them interesting, the fact you can't have them. Throughout history, mistresses have been a cultural symbol of power. If you were not kneeling in bed with that witch, you would be chasing down Pompey. Royalty, aristocracy, and politicians notoriously kept and continue to keep them. Many historic royal mistresses, such as Charles II's lover Nell Gwynne, are more famous today than their partner's queens. The mistress as a status symbol has continued into more recent times, too. A 1980s study showed that the richer a man was, the more likely he was to have an affair. Over 70% of men who earned above $60,000 had cheated on their wives. Examples of women who cheat track with this, too, as demonstrated in the recent remake of Scenes from a Marriage and the movie The Other Man, where wealthy, high-powered women seek romance outside of their marriages. I fell in love with someone. He's the CEO of an Israeli startup that we're buying out. Historically, though, the exploration of affairs on screen has mostly focused on men cheating on their wives. How long have you been married? Nine years. 
And despite the fact that it's the husband's choice to cheat, the other woman is often portrayed as the main problem. Because while the husband is the one who actually breaks a vow, it's as if the other woman is breaking an unspoken vow of sisterhood. Ex-boyfriends are just off-limits to friends. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. On top of that, she's portrayed as irresistible and hell-bent on destroying a marriage. And what husband isn't powerless to refuse that? In the original version of The Women, we get an archetypal portrayal by Joan Crawford as Crystal Allen. She is soulless, does unconscionable things just to get at a man's money, and admits she doesn't love him. You've got everything that matters. You've got the name, the position, the money. My husband's love happens to mean more to me than those things. Oh, can the sob stuff, Mrs. Haynes. This gold-digging aspect often seems to be the motivation in older portrayals of the other woman, although a really early example occurs in the 1915 silent film A Fool There Was, in which Theta Berra plays a vamp whose sole desire is to ruin men's lives, not for gain, but just for the fun of it. The Mafia's relationship with mistresses is famous, as it's been explored in iconic movies and shows like Goodfellas, Casino, and The Sopranos. Stay the f away from Tony Soprano. You call? or go anywhere near him or his family, and they'll be scraping your nipples off these fine leather seats. This is a strong, almost systemic elicitation of the Madonna-whore dichotomy of the wife and the other woman, showing the men want to keep the domestic and sexual parts of their lives separate, but it never seems to end very well with the mistresses or gumas, who always want more. Well, what do you think, whore? Just calm down. Now you think you're just gonna come over here and me? And despite it being acknowledged that this is the way Mafia men behave, it understandably devastates the wives. You have made a fool of me for years with these whores. Traditionally, though, the Mafia mistress has a different role to other women. In Italian culture, the wife is above all others. She's the Madonna incarnate, and as such, made men can't share their criminal activity with their wives for fear of implicating them. The Guma is not just a beautiful mistress. Although her beauty is highly prized, but she can also be a confidant. And according to Giovanni Fiandanka, the author of Women and the Mafia, Female Roles in Organized Crime Structures, mistresses' homes are sometimes even used as safe houses for criminal activity. And these arrangements definitely don't go both ways for the genders. When Carmela falls in love with Furio in The Sopranos, it's a matter of life and death. Despite Tony's constant philandering, he would certainly kill Furio for getting together with Carmela. Yet you are modern enough to use a cell phone to call Italy and every other place to threaten the guy's life. Well, that's right. Shouldn't people see him? He's a dead man. So the other man doesn't always have it so easy on screen either. He can be imperiled like Furio or obscene like Julian, the man Bridget's mom leaves her dad for in Bridget Jones's diary. Between you and me, I'm not entirely sure that Julian isn't a bit of a shit. Still, the other man is a rarer character than the other woman, who's a huge presence in film noir and other early movies. In these explorations, it's always important that the other women are punished for being harlots. Maybe the ultimate example of this kind of comeuppance is Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction, the original bunny boiler. You're trying to move him, move him into the country, and you're keeping him away from me. And you're playing happy family. In the film's finale, there's a moment of redemption where the cheated-on wife, Beth, shoots Alex to death. This wasn't the original ending. Initially, Alex was supposed to kill herself and frame Dan for her murder. However, test audiences didn't respond well to that storyline because, as Glenn Close, the actress who played Alex, put it, the original ending was film noir-worthy, but the audience wanted something more cathartic. They needed Beth to get her revenge. The audience wanted to believe that that family might be able to survive. Yeah. yeah. So they got their catharsis by shedding my blood. Victory for the wife is a key tenet of many of these movies, essentially an example of good defeating evil. 
But why is the other woman portrayed as evil? One theory is that the other woman shatters our dreams of true love. One real-life example was the vilification of Angelina Jolie when she got together with Brad Pitt, who was married to Jennifer Aniston at the time. Jennifer, most famous for her role as Rachel on Friends, was always portrayed as a down-to-earth girl-next-door type, and her marriage to Brad was a glossy realization of America's sweethearts. People were obsessed about your marriage and then the, the, the divorce. I think it's because you guys represented the picture on the wedding cake. Meanwhile, Angelina was painted as a vamp, known to be into darker sexual pursuits such as knife play and carrying a vial of her ex-husband's blood. It was like Brad was cheating on us, as the idea of the perfect marriage that we all had was discarded in favor of something the public perceived to be darker and less wholesome. Likewise, Marilyn Monroe's rumored affair with JFK while he was married to Jackie was interpreted as a vamp versus virgin narrative. Marilyn was widely recognized as the sexiest woman of her era, while Jackie was portrayed by the press as prim and perfect. In Mad Men, the team tasked with creating a campaign for Playtex puts forward the idea that every woman was either a Marilyn or a Jackie. Jackie Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Every single woman is one of them. The reality, however, was more complex. Rather than proving this binary, Marilyn and Jackie were more alike than anyone cared to admit and appeared to have had mutual respect for or at least interest in one another. There are film and TV examples where we feel we've been cheated of the perfect couple by that irritating other woman, too. Derek and Meredith's relationship being thwarted by Rose in Grey's Anatomy and Ross and Rachel's by Emily in Friends. These other women aren't even mistresses, but they're still disliked by audiences because they're getting in the way of something viewers crave. And if he's with Rose, that means he's not with you. Or when the wife or girlfriend who we really back is being cheated on, we get very villainized other women examples, like Lydia in Sliding Doors. I wanted to see what this girl you seem to have no intention of leaving, despite the occasional pre-orgasmic suggestion that you are, has that is so unleavable. Often, the other woman isn't just vilified, her life is literally deemed worthless. In The Great Gatsby, Tom's mistress Myrtle is killed when his wife Daisy runs her over in a car, and Tom isn't even affected. He only seems interested in covering it up. You have nothing to worry about. Let me take care of things. Likewise, mob shows and movies often explore how mistresses can be objectified, dehumanized, and treated as disposable. They might be murdered, as Giuseppina is by Dickie in The Many Saints of Newark, or Tracy is by Ralphie in The Sopranos, or they might threaten or commit suicide, as is the case with Tony's girlfriends Arena and Gloria. If you'll go, I'll kill myself. Gloria Trillo, she gave me a ride home that day. You know what Jerry told me about her? She died. But starting in the 2000s and 2010s, we saw a spate of film and TV portrayals that humanized The Other Woman, including two different movies called The Other Woman, as well as The Sweetest Thing, Enchanted, The Other Boleyn Girl, and 13 Going on 30. Even Gloria Trillo in The Sopranos could be sympathetic. Why the f didn't you help her? Sometimes you can't. She was a good kid. One of the main purposes of this was to put the focus back on the cheating man, who is the actual person causing damage in his relationship. These movies are successful because it's so rare to see men get their comeuppance for this sort of behavior in real life. That's my money! And the truth is that the other woman often is vulnerable and lonely. She's probably suffering thanks to the man's behavior as well, and really needs people who like her in her life. In the Sex and the City love triangle between Carrie, Big, and Natasha, Carrie is an example of the other woman who we're invited to sympathize with because she's the protagonist. You're the other woman. I am not the other woman. I'm not. I mean, I know I am, but 
I am not that woman. She was also the girlfriend to begin with before Big met his wife Natasha, a fact that gets at how in reality cheating frequently does involve exes, potentially blurring the lines in people's minds as to who first belonged to whom. Viewers have spent seasons getting invested in Carrie's love story with Big, so when prim, perfect-seeming Natasha comes along, we don't root for her. In the sequel series, and just like that, Natasha is humanized in a way she never was initially. We get a chance to see how much it hurt her, and also she acknowledges that because the Carrie and Big love story predated hers, she felt like the other woman. I'll never understand why he ever married me when he was always in love with you. Meanwhile, in Scandal, the writers go one step further, and we're encouraged to actively root against the wife because we so want Olivia and Fitz to be together. I love you. Your wife is 10 feet away. I love you. The identification with the other woman could even become a little flippant, like in Ariana Grande's 2019 song Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, though the video playfully suggests Grande's character is actually interested in the girlfriend, or because the girlfriend looks like her, it may be a comment on self-love. Sometimes, movies from the 2010s and 2010s era show us the other woman without even articulating that that's what she is. In Bridget Jones's Diary, we never explicitly hear from Mark Darcy that he's seeing Natasha, but his family are all pretty convinced that the two of them are going to get married. To Mark and his Natasha. So if we break it down, in this instance, the audience's beloved Bridget is actually the other woman, but we barely notice because the story leads us to feel she and Mark are predestined. Plus, Natasha is haughty and unpleasant, so we don't mind when she loses her man to down-to-earth normal Bridget. You like me just the way I am. Actually, there's a real-life reason why Bridget doesn't come across as a clear-cut other woman. In life, often the category isn't so apparent. It's often not the case that one person is the primary partner and the other is the other woman. There's an example of this in Game of Thrones, when Tyrion marries Sansa, although he's already in love with Shay. And sometimes the other woman doesn't even know that she is the other woman until unfortunate circumstances bring her and the wife together, which is the case in Shiva Baby. He's married? Yeah, huh? Are you sure? This also kind of happens to Bridget when she discovers Daniel with the American woman, Lara, who seems like the annoying woman but turns out to be his fiance, and it's unclear which relationship has been the earlier or primary one in Daniel's life. You haven't only just met her. No. No, I got to know her pretty well when we were in the New York office together. We're engaged. In extreme situations, people can become the other partner without even knowing it, like in Castaway, when Chuck is stranded on a deserted island and declared legally dead so his girlfriend Kelly eventually starts a family with another man, only to be shocked when Chuck returns. What's your daughter's name? Katie? I always knew you were alive, I knew it. But everybody said I had to stop saying that, that I hadn't let you go. And when it comes to queer relationships, for much of our history, a same-sex partner had to be the other person in society's eyes, hidden in secrecy, even if the relationship predates either person's marriage. This can lead to the feeling almost that the wife or husband is the other person. She'll have lots of money, which is essential. She's an innocent, so she will suspect nothing, and she seems nice. I think we could be happy. 2005's Brokeback Mountain, about the forbidden love between two gay men in the 1960s, centers the romance between two characters who do go on to marry women and become the other man in each other's lives, at least in their wife's view. Chick twist. Chick nasty. But in their hearts, no one could ever be primary over each other. I wish I knew how to quit you. Then why don't you? 
even on Friends, while Ross was hurt and continues to take it personally that his wife Carol cheated with other woman Susan. You slept with another woman. Oh, you're, you're one to talk. Clearly, Carol and Susan were in love, starting a forever partnership, and Carol's infidelity was an unfortunate step on the path toward her honestly understanding her orientation and true love. Music is a medium where it's easy to identify with the narrator no matter where they fall in a love triangle, because you're immersed in the singer's emotion and less preoccupied with judging them. In Melanie Martinez's Pacify Her, the song's narrator is an unrepentant homewrecker who articulates exactly this blurriness of what makes someone belong to someone else. She sings, Someone told me stay away from things that aren't yours, but was he yours if he wanted me so bad? In Dolly Parton's iconic Jolene, she pleads with a potential other woman to have mercy and not to take her man just because she can. On Taylor Swift's album Folklore, she narrates a love triangle through three songs, Cardigan, Betty, and August, with Cardigan narrated by the girl who is cheated on, Betty by the cheating guy, and August by the other girl. Swift herself says that the protagonist of August isn't a bad girl, claiming she was trying to seem cool and seem like she didn't care because that's what girls have to do, and she thought they had something very real. And then he goes back to Betty. Still, that sympathy for the other woman hasn't always held fast for Taylor. She released the track Better Than Revenge in response to rumors that Joe Jonas cheated on her, viciously shaming the other woman. And it is really understandable for the scorned wife or partner to be angry at the person they perceive to be destroying their happiness, especially if that other person knowingly disrespects the marriage or partnership, and even more so if the other person is a trusted friend. It's the reason why viewers were so shocked when Cassie from Euphoria slept with her best friend Maddie's ex, Nate. I would have never done this to you. And contemporary narratives like The Gilded Age still employ the character who's conniving to steal a married man's affections as a one-dimensional villain. Haven't you ever wanted a woman who thinks only of you? Mrs. Russell has many qualities, but she has her own campaign to wage in the world. She has no time for yours. Yet most of these stories make it clear that ultimately it's the partner in the relationship who's accountable for the choice of whether to be unfaithful or not. In Agnes Varda's feminist movie Le Bonheur, the mistress is the reason for the wife's suicide, and then the mistress literally just replaces the wife and the family. And ultimately, this reveals an underlying coldness in the husband and how he regards these women as implements for his idyllic, happy life. It's satisfying to watch portrayals that bring humanity and sympathy to the other woman and the wife or girlfriend character, but there's something even those 2000s movies miss about the reality of relationships. The fact is that it's not possible to confine anyone to a label. The cheating man may be deeply conflicted or terribly unhappy. The other woman may be desperately seeking love or a sense of self-worth, as we see with Cassie. Aren't you afraid people are gonna look down on you? Psychoanalyst Herbert Streen claims that happy people don't cheat, so there's often a deep-seated reason why marriages fall apart due to infidelity. The other woman also takes on a different meaning today, when people are more likely to have open relationships. Approximately 4% of adults are in open marriages, although of course polygamy and polyamory are situations that should only be entered into with the express consent and understanding of all parties. The fourth season of The Crown portrays the real-life love triangle between Prince Charles, Princess Diana, and Camilla Parker Bowles. Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. 
To Diana, her husband's devotion to this other woman is a burden that dooms their marriage, while in Charles's mind, Camilla is his rightful love because he's loved her for many years and his family are in the wrong for preventing their marriage. The Crown again illustrates this murky question of whom one belongs to when you consider a person's history with an ex, or the reasons out of someone's control why a relationship might have ended. But it ultimately makes Diana out to be more of a victim than Charles in this situation, because he wasn't above board with Diana. She wasn't informed, as a very young girl marrying a prince, what she was really getting into. To be the protagonist of a fairy tale, you must first be wronged. A victim. Portrayals like these, and even older ones, show that it's really the tiptoeing and secrecy that's so unhealthy and sinister. There wouldn't be such a thing as another woman if we all articulated our feelings better, discussed our relationships and desires more openly. The Duchess shows a real-life odd realization of this when the Duke and Duchess of Devonshire come to an agreement that his mistress can live with them. Duke and Duchess of Devonshire and Lady Elizabeth Foster. It's not that this arrangement isn't painful for the Duchess at first. The patriarchal setup of the time means she is unable to be with the love of her life, after all. But she grows to love them both and gives them her blessing to marry after her death. In Friends, we see that Joey's mom actually benefits from his dad cheating on her because he treats her better, and that means she's happy to turn a blind eye to his infidelity. Do you remember how your father used to be? Always yelling, always yelling. Nothing made him happy that he's been more attentive. He's been more loving. It's like every day's our anniversary. It makes us question whether we could accept another woman if the marriage improved, or whether if we acknowledge that we aren't necessarily always attracted to our spouses as the years go on, we might still maintain a relatively good marriage. In The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, after Midge Maisel finds out her husband Joel cheated, she gets hours of comedy out of Penny Pan. Do you know I've seen her twice, with her shirt on inside out? Penny, twice, twice? You can only be trusted to butter people's corn at the county fair. <laughs> More importantly, the loss of Joel to his mistress is part of turning her into another woman, a different, bolder, more independent person with a more fulfilling existence. But what about the mistress's existence? Can she be fulfilled by staying someone's other woman? Well, maybe. I have it all. On the east side. He has someone else on the west side. So, you're okay with that? Yes. I don't have time for a full-time man. I have a full-time job. As Nicki Minaj says in The Other Woman, I think you need someone with something that's going to keep them busy. The key is remaining honest, consistently checking in with your partner on their needs and where they're at, and making sure that everyone involved is on the same page. Ultimately, we need to demystify the motivations of the other woman. She's rarely in it for financial gain or social climbing, as she was so often portrayed to be in the past. Rather, she's just like any other person, looking for love or connection. We should be accepting that life is messy and contains all sorts of people, all of whom are main characters in their own stories. In 2019, Lizzo was quoted in The Cut, talking about a lyric in the song Truth Hurts. She said, I sing, I will never, ever, ever be your side chick. But originally, the lyric was a side chick. Bitch, what about side chicks? I don't want to exclude them. I don't want to make them feel bad. We could all take a little of Lizzo's attitude forward with us the next time we're quick to judge the other woman. She might just be a friend we haven't met yet. I am with you. I have always been with you. 
We have a new takeaway episode on Prime Video YouTube channel. We are talking about the wilds. It's been such a wild ride. Season one's ending set up really intriguing thought experiments as well as characters that we want to root for and maybe even see a few get taken down, like Gretchen. It's not voyeurism if it's research. What we know from season one, Gretchen is this disgraced academic. Ladies and gentlemen, the tide is finally turning. And ostensibly her goal is to prove that women are better at governing themselves than men. There is something going on here. What is Gretchen's endgame? It can't be just an intellectual experiment to prove that girls are better than guys. I'm really interested to find out what her and her funders' true agendas are. Looking at the season two trailer, it definitely teases out that we're going to find out more about not only the agenda, but also what happened on the island. I think there are going to be some surprises. Maybe there was more time between the shark attack and the end of season one and when they're in the bunkers, maybe they weren't rescued right away like we might have initially thought. Don't forget to check out the latest episode of The Takeaway just in time for the newest season of The Wilds premiering on May 6th.